Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is another interview in the Getting Real with Women in the Middle series. I love finding amazing women to interview and introduce you to. This week, I only went about a mile from my home. Today's guest is one of my neighborhood friends, and she has a refreshing and positive attitude about turning 50 that I wanted to share with you. Before we dive in, though, I want to remind you that if you're turning 50 in 2018, I have a contest with your name on it. There's some free coaching I'm giving away as a prize and also some guest interview spots on the Women in the Middle podcast. My guest today isn't the only woman in the middle that you will be hearing from when it comes to turning 50. So if you turned 50 this year already, Or if your birthday is coming up in 2018, please make sure to go to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash 50 unplugged contest and apply there. Of course, this uh, web address will also be in the show notes. Now, let's get back to my guest today. Her name is Andrea Pines, and she turned 50 this past summer just a few months ago. Andrea has a uniquely positive perspective about turning 50. She is full of gratitude and is focused on taking full responsibility for the choices she knows she has about how to think about her life. For Andrea, she knows she feels blessed. And she's quite clear to make sure that she focuses on it. Andrea shares the story of her 50th birthday celebration year and her views on aging gracefully. She is surrounded by role models too, and so grateful to have her family and friends in her life. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. This is awesome. Happy to be here. It's so much fun. So Andrea is a neighbor and a close friend. Now, often when I interview people in Toronto, they join me in the cedar closet. But today, (laughs) I just thought, what the heck? You don't even have to do anything fancy to come over. We'll just do it in the comfort of your own home. So we are both in the same neighborhood, probably a mile apart, but we are not together in the cedar closet. (laughs) But I'm in a 1960s wood paneled room, so it's almost the same. I have talked about our Brady Bunch decor yeah. and um, and architecture before on the podcast. We are so living in Brady Bunch land. That is for sure. <laughs> and we love it. There's a coziness and a bit of just feeling connected to the 70s, right? It's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. So I am totally fortunate to have two groups of amazing women in the middle to hang with. And in one group, I am the youngest, and in the other group, I am the oldest. Now, Andrea is a member of the Neighborhood Gals, the group that I am the oldest at 55, and Andrea just turned 50 this year, which is why I was so excited to talk to her. So, Andrea, let's get started. Tell me, what is it like 
to be the youngest in a group of women? I am the youngest in everything. I'm in the youngest in my family. I, I'm in our group. I'm the youngest. I've always been the youngest in all my different blessed friendships with females and males. I've just always been the baby. I don't know any different. So I don't know. It just feels like the way it should be. <laughs> that's so that's so cute. So so you're five years older than me, and in this group of women, there's six of us, and one by one, each yes. of us turned fifty, and there you were lagging behind. <laughs> As my sister-in-law said, You're finally fifty. I feel like I've been waiting for you to turn fifty since the day I met you when uh, my husband and I had our, our first blind date. <laughs> that's so funny. So you know, in these interviews, I love meeting women all, you know, across the spectrum, all different ages and stages and experiences. And it's like that also with turning 50. Not everybody experiences it the same way. Some women are not that crazy and they dread it a little bit. It takes on a, a certain meaning and other women have a completely different worldview about it. And it's really because of the way we think. Like the number 50 is just an innocent, neutral fact, but what we make it mean is so different. And I know that um, you are a pretty positive person. So I definitely wanted to get your voice heard on the topic, as well as a broad range of opinions about turning 50. So the way I want to start is just to um, get you talking a little bit about what life was like for you in your 40s. What was going on in your 40s? Pretty much the, the same as, as now in 50s, just everyone around me was younger, but still older than me. Um, I've been blessed to be in all my, my passionate careers and volunteer and community work in terms of uh, children's aid, family services, fitness and health, Holocaust survivors, Judaism, community professionalism. So it was similar. Um, I think the only thing is sort of towards my late 40s, I, my, my bad knees, which have always been that, really gave up on me. And so that was kind of a, a year setback of sort of getting me to say, okay, Andrea, be, you've got to be really responsible and mindful about this, this as well. You're mindful of everything else. Why have you been ignoring this? So, but it's, it's, it's a number. It's a number. I've been, I've been brought up incredible role models of my parents and my older sister that it's it's just a number it's it's what you make out of your life that you're given it's, yeah that makes sense <laughs> oh yeah it totally makes sense and um it's you know not everybody thinks of it the same way but it's the way you think about it and so it is interesting though that you were a little bit resistant to um notice that you were having something physical going on and that you really needed to prioritize it and be kind to it yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I probably noticed it about a decade before, but I, uh, I finally <laughs> thank God that I had something that made me collapse on air versus showing up my sister's sister-in-law's house that, that my brother-in-law and my husband had to literally carry me under my tuchet to the car because I couldn't walk. Oh I'm grateful. God. I'm grateful for that because that was a good wake-up call oh, uh, yeah. that I really needed. And uh that helped me kind of be really mindful as I'm mindful of everything else. And that was just my little get with it, Andrea. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and uh, I have done a whole podcast on wake-up calls. Wake-up calls are different for everybody. Uh -huh. The thing that is so similar about a wake-up call is that it's jarring. 
So something happened to you that caused you to change your perspective, mm-hmm. um, which was a gift. And most of the time, wake-up calls are a gift. Oh, yeah. 100% a gift. Um, but that could have happened at 32. It happened in my 20s before. You know, it could happen again. It's, again, it's, it's, it's about a number. It wasn't that, oh, I'm turning 50 soon. It was just like, you know what, I should have listened to those needs, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a, like a subtle aging whisper. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the yeah. things that um, is, is relevant so for so many of us as we're pushing 50 is the changes of parenting children. So we go from having kids who need us in one way, and then there's a transition to parenting, you know, many adult children or, or kids that are becoming more independent and young adults. And so that happened with you too in your 40s, didn't it, with your kids? I think so. I mean, like you, I've got two sons, you have three. And and like you, I'm so grateful because I've got this phenomenal, awesome, respectful, loving, caring relationship that goes both ways. And so, you know, I've always in all my careers and volunteer work, I've always made sure that I can also still be there for them. Um, But know when to back off when they need me to back off. And that's part of our incredible communication that we've established all these years between David and I and the boys. And uh, I don't know. I mean, my boys are, are living in the same city for university. They're living at home. And over the years, especially now with them both sort of mid-ending, it's, it's, it's become this incredible, beautiful transition of four adults living together in the family. We've always pulled our share of where it needs to be. Yeah, we're still the parents. We're still paying the bills until they can be self-sufficient fully on their own. But it's, um, I don't know if I noticed anything has changed that much. I don't know how to explain it. I still feel as involved and needed and there for them, yet still totally know when I need to back off. Sometimes I don't see them for days. It, it's been just such a pleasure to watch them grow up into these fine young men who still totally want to be part of our lives and are interested and interested in their grandparents' lives. And I don't know, I just, I feel blessed. I know I sound like la-da-da-da-da, but that's just, <laughs> that's just <laughs> how I feel. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's awesome. No, it's totally cool. Like we always talk about when, when we're trying to make change and be more intentional with, with our lives, I always use the expression, you know, rainbows and daisies and unicorns and whatever. I'm like, um, rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes things are good. So it sounds like you didn't have a lot of bumps. Uh, and what's really cool is I know your younger son quite well because uh, we have uh, my kids. My youngest is in a group of guys, much like our group of moms. Um, they call themselves the neighborhood guys. Yeah. And our house was kind of the hangout house for that group uh, because of a, a, a beautiful combination of a pool table and Mario Kart. <laughs> We're grateful for that room. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Like, who knew? But, you know, your son is rather tall and yeah. I am rather small. And it's just, it, he's a riot. And so it's been, it's been a pleasure to get to know him. I don't know your older son as well, but certainly I know the younger one and it's been a lot of fun. So the forties were not that bumpy. Awesome. And do you remember how you spent your 40th birthday? I had a a party very specifically. um, I arranged a, a party in a billiards hall and I remember feeling very content. I was employed. I loved my job and I didn't feel, um, 
I don't know. It just seemed like a very content party. <laughs> How was it for you? I also, ironically, we had a party and my sister, who's always lived in the States in her adult life, um, behind my back with David made this incredible scrapbook with pictures and got people to sign it from so many aspects of life. I'm very blessed that I've got friendships from, from, from infancy to adult friendships. And so it was, it was a rockin', it was a rockin' party, just, just like my 50th party. <laughs> my sister couldn't make it in, but I spent a week with her beforehand in New York. So we celebrated, we celebrated then. So let's talk about your 50th. So um, even though women will celebrate their 50th birthday uh, so many different ways, um, and it's all cool, but the one thing for sure is that it's usually a birthday that we want to think about intentionally. So it's, we know it's coming, and there's usually a time when the thought pops in, you know, how, how do I want this transition, this milestone to happen? When did you kind of see it on the horizon and say, hmm, how am I going to celebrate my 50th? I never had that. <laughs> I mean, David, who's also five and a half years older than me, so I'm like the, the baby with him too. He always jokes that we say that in my house, the boys say to every day's Mother's Day and every day's Andrew's birthday. I don't know. <laughs> well, you had I, to, you started to put some plans in place at some point because your party, like I'm looking forward to uh, talking about all the ways you celebrated. So was it just like soon, soon before you turned 50? It sounds like you weren't really planning it far in advance. I wasn't, I mean, society makes a big deal of 50. And so it's a good excuse to have a party. I, like as we, as we said, we've got great houses for entertaining and I love having people over. Um, it was a bit of a dark winter for me. And uh, last year, a couple deaths and, and chemically the winter can affect me. And so I was still looking forward to celebrating, but I just wasn't in a place where I think I could have people in the house. I wasn't entertaining for mm. many months, which is very odd for me. Right. Um, and then I started to feel better and got some support. And, uh, and then it just hit me one of my morning workouts on my treadmill. I turned to Dave and I said, you know what? I'm feeling like Andrea again, whatever that means to everyone, but I know what it means to me and David. <laughs> and, uh, why the hell aren't we having a party? Like every time we have people over, it's a party. Let's just do it. And he's like, I'm so great. Cause he kept saying to me, he wanted to have a party. He wanted to market. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I, every day's a party. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I guess we did make this, but I think it's just, I was just milking society because everybody who I had over, I've had over at other times as well together at the same time. So <laughs> Right. I totally it, see it. Yeah. yeah. But it was, you know, and I visit my sister every year um, towards the end of, of June, July. I try to go to New York and spend a week with her. And so, yeah, we celebrated 50, but it was also my, my, my sister week. So, uh, you know, and yeah, different people, our group went for dinner and we get our beautiful Lulu's, which I'm, which I'm wearing right now. Yeah, our little tradition, <laughs> actually, this little tradition started after my birthday. So I'm counting, my, I'm counting on it for my 60th. I'm, I'm so, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, all these different things and it's wonderful. And, and yeah, I love being the life of the party, but I love also taking care of everybody. So it's a little overwhelming to get so much attention, even though I brought it upon myself for the party. But I, I didn't even call a party. Our good friend Stephen said I was doing it the Friday night before my birthday says it's a pre because, you know, all the kids call. We oh, know, yes. Call out their pre. 
So, so I called it my pre. <laughs> party. Um, That's perfect. So really leading up into it. So your birthday's in July. So you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go to New York anyway to hang with my sister. Yes. So we'll just focus it a little bit more. And then you started to feel open to actually celebrating in your home. So you started to put things in place. Yeah, for having David, a, a, a gathering. A David pre- really wanted it too. And so and then I realized, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I was so bummed. I actually couldn't I attend. Know. I couldn't attend that party. And that I was a bummer. I it was the party of the year. <laughs> Apparently, I missed a good one. So what made it the party of the year? What was special about that gathering? Like I said, I find every time people are over, it's a party. And I just find every day I want to celebrate life, whether it's on a real high or just normal. So it was just having, again, all people I love around me to just, to just be, to just live, to just, to just be grateful and feel blessed about what we have. And did you, were there any um, special music or was there, were there any special speeches, anything that marked it? Yeah, I mean, my, my husband, who is an incredible speaker, people just don't know because I never let him speak, and I didn't get them <laughs> either. I kept cutting him off, spoke beautifully, um, made me cry, which is so easy because I cry all the time, but there were tears of joy, um, and which I've never done. I probably won't ever do again. My husband convinced me to get some some waitresses so I could just enjoy. So we actually had a couple of our our uh, girl, our girlfriends from the shul who work in our kitchen there came and, and came and, and worked for the evening. We hired them. So that was different because I never would do that oh, <laughs> in, the in the kitchen. And he was really adamant about that. So I, uh, I agreed to that, but it took me a while. Him and Sarah had to twist my arm. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So you had a close friend in your hubby twist your arm. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, no, no, no. They're smart people. I'm glad I listened to them. But, uh, yeah, so there were, yes, there were speeches. I mean, it was, a uh, you know, it, it, people were, who couldn't come till later kept showing up at different times. And, but again, that's our house. Our house is an open door like yours and people are coming in and out and I want them to feel good about themselves and then to enjoy themselves. And um, it, it's just, I, I just like to celebrate life. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like that party really was a beautiful celebration of life. It was exactly what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. It really was, yeah. That's what I like to hear about intentional living. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned a little bit about your parents and your sister being such incredible role models. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? My, my parents are, are gone through two immigrations through Europe and Israel, and they have struggled so much. They are the most incredible people I know um, who just t- teach you the value of of hard work and of love and of gratitude and what family means. And my sister, who almost was like a mother to me as well, because when, we, when they came to Canada, she was already almost uh, seven or eight. And so she was sort of looking up to me as well. And my, my, both my parents have had such incredible careers. They're 80 and 82. Mom just turned 80 this year. My parents are celebrating their 60th anniversary. Amazing. Uh, they're the, I look at them and, and I know what David and I have is what they have. I feel blessed by this marriage they've had, this life they've created for us. They're both still working. They're both active in their community as volunteers. I, I just, you know, I just, uh, my mom just lost a very dear friend of hers to cancer. Uh, they've been best friends for over 30 years. I was very fond of her as well. And I was just texting with our dear friend Eileen. And she was checking in on me. And I'm going to quote what she said. 
because my mom and I yesterday were having coffee in our kitchen, as we often do on Fridays, and uh, we were just talking. She lost her, her brother suddenly at Hanukkah, and now her friend, and my mom's at 80. And I wrote something to Eileen, and, I, and Eileen wrote back. I'll read it. This makes perfect sense. She's not scared or sad. Sounds like she's content and at peace to at least a certain extent. What an incredible role model. And uh-huh. I just thought, I'm teary now. I just thought, yeah, they both, they all are. I'm, I'm so lucky. Wow, yeah. And how has your sister uh, been a role model for you? She's just a little ahead of you with aging. She, you know, she, we always joke because she never wanted kids. And her and her husband are married now for eight years. She's, she's um, almost seven years older than me. And uh, they, they don't have kids. And she always would joke with me, you know, thank you. Thank you for being the childbearing one and taking care of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, she, she's brilliant. I mean, she was the one who, you know, the, the scholars at high school and she got, um, so many scholarships at university and turned it down to go to OC, OCA, which wasn't even OCAD then. And, you know, as my grandma used to say, what's, what's this school in Chinatown with all these punk rockers? <laughs> and uh, what is that school? What's the name of that school? Ontario okay. College of Art and Design. Right. So she went, the artistic, she went the artistic route. She went there. Well, we, I mean, we all did in terms of our, we grew up also, you know, with music. My mother is a musician and opera coach and I studied violin and, and my sister is extremely talented as a as a graphic designer. Um, and yeah, worked for worked at an early age. Um, you know, was had such an incredible career with the Toronto Star, and and moved to Chicago and worked for the Tribune and lived on her own. And and then later in life, got into to film, and now has been in New York for almost two decades. And and you know, a documentary filmmaker with her with her company TrixieFilms.com doing so many different films around women and, and childless by choice. And, you know, and again, it's my mom went back to school and later in life and got her master's in linguistics. And, you know, it, it just, I've got these incredible role models of all these, all these things you can do in your life and, and make the best of your life. And, um, and, you know, now during, I look at my husband and my boys as role models to me as well. Oh, yeah. And, and I even had the amazing opportunity to take a course with your dad on photography. <laughs> yes, he's an incredible photographer. He's an engineer by career and taught at Humber for decades, but always kept his photography. And now it's a business as well. And, um, you know, my, my husband basically, you know, was very much involved in early in his adult life uh, with his own career and trying to get that going. And he's he's He's, he's created this incredible life for me and, and our boys. And so I just, I feel like I'm surrounded by such incredible role models of people who not only protect me, but allow me to be me. David's always allowed me to be me. I'm still, you know, we're not sure always what that is, but it's me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And, you know, um, one of the core f- uh, foundations of the podcast is thought work, right? And, and having that thought that I'm incredibly grateful and my family is amazing role models and they allow me to be me, those thoughts create what kind of feelings for you? I mean, gratitude obviously is such a strong one in your life. Um, my sister always jokes. She says, my favorite word is blessed. I found a, a sweatshirt the other day say blessed. David's like, it was meant for you. Like, I, I feel blessed. I, feel, I, I always say that I feel so blessed. You do, 
You do always say that, Andrea. I do, don't I? I love it. I love that you say it. And because gratitude is such a beautiful healing emotion. And I have to say, um, I don't know, like anybody who's working on becoming more intentional and being happier and aging gracefully, uh, it's very hard to do that successfully without gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I totally agree. I love that. So another thing I like to talk about on the podcast is living intentionally going forward. And so I ask most uh, guests, probably all, uh, what kind of advice that they have for other people who are turning 50 and some thoughts about what you want for your future. Let's start with advice. Okay. Again, 50 is just a number. That's, that's how, you know, my, my mom and I are 30 years apart. She says 80 is just a number. It's, it's, it's how you feel and what you make of this life, you know, you're given. And obviously I see my mom and thank God her mind is still brilliant and beautiful and her, her body ages more than she'd like it to be. And I know that will happen to me too. And I, I look at her, her body and take it again as a role model, how I can then make my body better. And by the time I'm 80, can be like her. It's just a number. It's a, it's a, life is a gift. And it's what, what you do with your life, what you're given. It's not always sunshine and roses. Sometimes it's <laughs> darker. And I guess to surround yourself with people, your, your support system, I feel blessed to have a big one. So then when it's not always sunshine and roses, you know, there's a path to get back to where you want, want it to be back to, to Andrea life, if that makes oh, sense. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is such an important message. And also, one thing we didn't say is that you're very involved in fitness and Pilates. You're an instructor. I got certified as an instructor over 30 years ago. And then the past 10 years started getting very much into this, as you read everywhere, this mindful movement, which I think I've always been mindful, but the, the mind-body connection and, and certification in Pilates. And that right now is my most favorite type of sort of um, physical movement to teach and to do. And uh, I love teaching. I love giving people that, that gift to, to work on their body with no judgment, train at their pace strongly but safely. Oh, my gosh. That's so important. And I love that your mother um, is, is a role model to you in that way as well. And then you've done something very concrete to help support your own body to that goal. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we always joke that I get my, my, my mom used to swim for years and, and now she's actually, you know, like I said, dealing with, with the, the, the loveliness of aging. She, she goes to chair yoga once a week, which is phenomenal. And my father still for decades plays tennis three times a week. And I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but he kicks ass. Oh, you can totally <laughs> say it on the podcast. He is, he is. And if anyone who goes to Mayfair West, We'll know him, Robert. He is in incredible shape, poo poo poo, and just plays a mean tennis game. So, oh my gosh, Andrea, you're so funny. So, um, <laughs> poo 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 is a little common oh. Yiddish Jewish expression. Can you explain what it means? Because I don't know that everybody listening will understand. Poo poo poo. Poo 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 is a nice way of spitting. Basically, for us, if you say something out of sort of superstition, you bite your tongue and spit. So, you bite your tongue 
And then instead of actually spitting, you go poo, 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 as if you were, you pursed your lips. And, and I'm, as much as I'm the queen of blessed, I'm the queen of poo, poo, poo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bite my tongue sometimes 10 times a day, not even realizing it. Oh my gosh, it's so funny to to really think about, you know, what we say and do and oh, what is superstitious and, and yeah. what it looks like to other people who've never heard poo-poo-poo. Right. I mean, poo-poo-poo in my world is really my giant dog making a giant poo-poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth three poos, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. So when you think about... um Now, I know that you really do. You are a walking billboard for living in the present moment. I'm just wondering, when you think about um, the next decade, if there's anything that you want to make sure that you do or you think or you practice so that you don't have regrets. Like I'm noticing with me, uh, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, I'm not a fan of winter. You know, we live in (laughs) Toronto. I don't know that I'll ever be a snowbird, but I do know that um, it's hard for me in the winter and it does go on for about five months. So I I do see myself breaking up my winter. And now that I have created a portable job, I can work wherever I am as long as I have a phone and a computer that I don't have to be here the whole winter, that I really could break it up a little bit and and go someplace warmer. So when I think about my future, I can see that happening. Like, how am I going to make that happen? And what do I really want to do? What about you? Do you think about anything you want going forward? funny i'm a true torontonian winter ugh, winter if anything they've been hot the last couple of years <laughs> um, i mean i it like i said it's it i have a tough time sometimes emotionally through winter but i'm lucky that i'm very smart of how i deal with that um i just i'm back to just spend as much quality time with with my with my loved ones with my family my friends um it's a gift life it's not going to be here forever my parents are aging i'm i'm so blessed to have them in my life my sister lives away but we see each other all the time i'm there she's there my husband who's my best friend and my my children and all my i just just spend as continue to spend quality time be really present with everybody um, I know I can get stuck in my phone in my social media world. That's why I take my uh, sabbaticals once in a while when you don't see me on there. <laughs> um, but just just to be to be to continue to be present because it's a gift to have all these people around. And and I know when they're gone, they're still going to be wherever I want them to be. Um, and people who have gone, I have them where I want them to be. But to just continue to to be present with everybody. Oh yeah, I love that message. And I have to say, I've also been thinking about that and I'm I've never been one to um actively collect air miles or to be really um persistent and uh, and careful about all that. And now because I also want to include more visiting and and going home more and things like that. I'm like, I'm on it now. So now I'm I'm much better about collecting things. Oh. I just I've been collecting air miles for decades before people knew about it because that's my trip to New York or that's David and I's trip to New York or that's Bradley's trip or Jordan's trip. We love those air miles to New York. Oh my gosh. Well, I have... Uh, my I was, life, New York air miles. <laughs> I was late to this party, but I just took my, free, my first free flight last week and yeah. I am like all excited now. So um, yeah, I don't know what happened that I kind of missed the memo on that, yeah. but I have not been that great about it. <laughs> Well, we haven't been over those other points everyone has. It takes you far away. Air miles, you need a trillion points to get anywhere, but there's enough always to get to New York. So 
that's our, our everything is air miles. It's oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think your lessons for um, aging gracefully really are so important. And I think, uh, you know, it's not that complicated, but they're just basic fundamental values that we have choices about how we think about things. We have choices about how we care for our body. And if you want to prioritize, you can, you know, if you want to really spend more time with your family, if you want to be more present, you absolutely can. And if you want to create a 50th um, experience for yourself that goes on for a whole year. You're celebrating. Nifty to be 50. That's my tagline. What is it again? Nifty to be 50. 49 was fine. 48 was great. <laughs> 47, <laughs> eh, you know, I have the knee problem. That's okay. At 46, that was my, you know, you got to fix. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and listen, Susie, I have to say, I'm, I don't even know where to go with this one. Like, I'm not there are women human beings who don't aren't as blessed as the life I have and the privileges I have and um you know that can be setbacks for people too so I'm extremely grateful as well um because I have privileges in life and I and I don't mean privileges in terms of like fancy I just mean privileges maybe where I live where I work what I do you know who I have around me and I'm I never take that for granted yeah, I hear you loud and clear, and and um, you know I've outlived both my parents by decades, and and that um, has certainly made me. It's helped me really appreciate gratitude and really think about aging gracefully and not take anything for granted as well. And I think it's all part of gratitude and really shifting into that zone. Uh, it's a transition, no matter what. Like fifty is neutral, but it is um, it is a transition. We, we are part of this culture, and uh, the more we can do to age gracefully and be very, very intentional about whatever kind of life it is that we want to create, mm -hmm. uh, we can, right? We yeah, I, Absolutely. I, I still haven't felt that transition. Maybe it's coming. Maybe I'll feel it. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure exactly what that transition is, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, it's turning over into the fives. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So thank you so much for joining me on Women in the Middle. I really am thankful and grateful for your perspective. We'll just add it into the mix. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So interesting, right? I love hearing from all kinds of women when it comes to thinking about how you can age gracefully. Andrea is clear that 50 is just a number like all of the other numbers when it comes to aging. Thinking about it this way helps her feel blessed and grateful for what she has in her life. How about you? Do you think about your age this way? Not everyone does, that's for sure. There's no right or wrong way to think about it, but it is important to notice if your thoughts are useful to you or not. When you think about whatever you think about your age, notice how it makes you feel. And when you feel that way, what are you likely to do? Do you like your results? One thing we know for sure is that our results prove our thoughts. So if you don't like what's going on in your life when it comes to birthdays, aging, the way you feel about the way you look, and that sort of thing, then your current way of thinking isn't serving you. It's just not useful. The good news is that thoughts are optional, though, so you can really, really, really think about how you want to feel and think accordingly. 
When I turned 50, I was starting to freak out a little bit about it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to party. And it took me a while to figure out what I wanted. But ultimately, I decided I wanted to go away with my high school girlfriend. So we did. So I created the way I wanted to experience my birthday, and I didn't have any regrets about it. You know me, I love to focus on how you can regret-proof your life, and you can start with your 50th birthday. You can regret-proof how you want to experience this important milestone in your life. Now, if you like what you've heard today, just head over to Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. As we're coming up on the end of this week's episode, I want you to think about something else too. Was there something in the interview you heard today that really made you reflect about something in your own life? That's what I love about podcasts, right? You don't need to be sitting at the computer. You can be driving or walking the dog or doing the dishes, and you can have these reflections. Sometimes I get my best ideas in the shower. So what were you thinking about? Were you thinking about your birthday? about getting older. Moving toward new goals is a way that you can get excited about your life. Sometimes it feels like an uphill battle when an idea pops into your mind. It can be easier to close it down before you even allow yourself to fully think about what you really want in your life. Before you really allow yourself to have it, to create it, you just close it down. You can immediately think that you're too old to do anything like that or have preconceived notions about what someone your age does. That's what has inspired me to create an amazing year-long coaching experience for you. It's called the 50 Unplugged Mastermind, and it is exactly what you're looking for when you really believe you're older and wiser and ready to finally put your own needs on the priority list for a change. It's all about celebrating opportunity. So when you have an idea pop into your head, you don't have to close it down right away. You work on your perspective on what you're thinking. It's all about unplugging from the stereotypes about what you can't do because of your age and confidently focusing on what you can do regardless of how old you are. It's about possibility, growth, excitement, and freedom. How great is that? And the best part is that you get to be part of an amazing community of women who want the same thing. So learn more about this unique and totally fun year-long coaching experience for women who are turning 50, in their 50s, or are 50-ish, and are committed to getting excited about their lives again. You've waited long enough, my friend. It's time to celebrate opportunity in your 50 unplugged life. One simple question for you. Ask yourself, do you wish you could actually fall in love with your life, especially now at your age? Seriously, I mean, have a love affair with your 50s. 50 Unplugged is about being way more intentional about your life so you don't have regrets. Nobody else will do this for you. So go ahead and apply already. I know you've been thinking about it. (laughs) Just go to www.talktosusie.com. Book your 10-minute call to see if we're a good fit. You really can create a life you've always wanted. Don't waste another minute. We waste so much time at this phase of our lives. Just get that application in. There are limited spots and bonuses for signing up this month. Can't wait to see your name in my calendar. Let's do this, ladies. One amazing perspective at a time. Thanks so much for listening. 